three, two, one. Yes, and you are glad you're not going to miss this show. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Dennis and Andy show. We are here. We are not drinking beer. I was just, you know, I said we were here. My mind's going, what can I rhyme with? And the first word that came to mind was queer. And I was like, well, I'm not going to say and we're queer. So I'll go with beer. But I just literally said we are queer. Eh, what do you want to do? You know, I, I'm just not going to comment on this. Well, it could be this one. You know, that last picture is so out of proportion because you're just not that much taller than me. Yeah, not Everything quite that much. But I was right. going to say it is two friends, one dream podcasting. And I'm just going to give a shout out to some of you new guys. We picked up almost 40 new subscribers this week um, off, off of my quick flips. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I was just going to let you guys know my... Uh, X-Men number one quick flip over 2,000 views this week. So uh, anyway, wow. we got lots of great feedback. I'll be doing lots of reading and doing some full reviews this week. So with that out of the way. And yeah, not to get into it right now, but real quick, hold on. Did you read it yet? That X-Men one? No, I, I'm going to make that bedtime reading. Because I okay. got to feel like I'm fall asleep to it. Oh, no, that's not cool. I, I All I'm going to say is I purposely didn't read it right away because I've gotten some private conversations with people who have sent it off my quick flip, and they either really like it or they really don't. So I'm going to be very curious to see where I fall in the realm. Oh, no. All right. Well, there you so, go. Andy, it's Monday. Mm -hmm. What it do we Monday. have lined up on Monday? We have a special guest. You are going to be so excited to see this man on our channel, this artist, this creator, that it will make you green with envy. Oh, That's I right. see what you did there. You see what I did there? Let's give our guest a special rousing round of applause. <laughs> Daryl Banks, welcome to the show. Look Hello, at our everybody. fans standing up and applauding for you like that. Good. Thank you. God, Thank I don't you. even Thank get that. Man, oh Hello, man. Everybody. Welcome to the house. Thank you. Thank did you. Did you see what I did there with uh, green with envy? Green with envy. I see what you did there. That's Should have right. been wearing a, a green shirt or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Oh, David Brohawk Williams in the house. What's up, Mr. David Williams? Thank you for joining. JP Roca joining as well. Uh, 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 Daryl, do you know Mr. David Williams? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. 
He's a, uh, he's last a great time guy. I, it's been a while since we chatted. It was probably at Heroes. Um, yeah. uh, knowing me, I was probably trying to uh, learn some animation style shading from him because I really love that uh, that style he has. It, it has that real uh, live, lively animated style with the, with the uh, that shading. You know what I mean? Like that Bruce Tim. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. He does it so well. So. Yeah. So I, just always trying to trying to get a little inside information on uh, to kind of get some tutorials out of them. <laughs> he said Heroes Con indeed. So hopefully next year we'll have that big reunion at Heroes Con. Oh yeah. Oh, looking so, forward to it. Yeah, that will be good. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to a show as a guest in Savannah, Georgia this weekend. So that should good. be, uh, that should be fun. Dennis and I hitting the road, doing a little road trip. So. Road trip. Hopefully it'll be less eventful than the convention on Saturday. <laughs> uh, maybe if you knew how to drive, you wouldn't have gotten a flat tire. Just saying. <laughs> we had to stop at Culver's on the way back, you know, and we were driving, start out good. All of a sudden my warning light started coming up on the dash. Rear tire, 30 pounds of pressure. Rear tire, 25 pounds of pressure. Rear tire, 20 pounds of pressure. Rut roll. Pulled right over, pulled into an amical station. Rear tire, one pound of pressure. Yeah, it looked like somebody took a crocodile dundee knife and just stabbed it. Oh. Blew out the whole sidewall. Yeah, that kind of took away. We were going to head up to Lincolnton and go visit a, a friend of our shop and stuff like that. And, yep, put a crimp in the whole thing. So I'm hoping the trip to Savannah is much better. It's gonna make up for it. The, the worst part about it, Daryl, is you got two guys that are pretty strapping. I mean, you saw that last photo of us standing right. there shirtless <laughs> next to each other. We're strapping fellows, and we called AAA to change the tire for us. So, you know, you, you pay AAA for a reason. You know, that, I, that's I, exactly I what I told you. Dennis. I said, if this guy shows up and if he gives us any crap for not changing his tire, you just go. Last time I checked. I pay you punks a monthly fee for things just like this. So get the step in and change that tire. So he pulls up. This is the funny part. He pulls up and we're like, oh, because, you know, I've got a bad back and stuff like that. I'm actually in therapy for my arm. And I'm like, yeah, I could do it. But, you know, hopefully they're better at it than what I am. I haven't had to change one in almost 20 years. All of a sudden he pulls up and Andy goes, oh, it looks like a new kid, a young kid. He probably doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, oh, that kid gets out. He goes, hey, I already had everything set up. He's got this big jack. Whoop, whoop, whoop. He's got the tools. He's like, <laughs> he already had it out. Everything swapped on. He put the thing back on. He goes, you're only at 30 pounds. I'll fill up your donut. So we put the donut. I'm like, oh, my God, 10 minutes. We were on the Seriously. road. I I'm would have been kidding. still that trying dude, to strip the lug nuts in 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a pit that crew, dude like nailed it. it was. Seriously. He, I, Dennis isn't like – it's not hyperbole. It was about 10 minutes. I mean, that kid yeah. – I, I took the jack. 20 bucks just because I'm like, sir, that was phenomenal. I've got a brand-new tire lined up because I was on the phone with a discount tire going – I blew a tire. I'm, we're coming home on a donut. Do you got one? They actually had one in stock of my exact tire. I'm like, cool. So I I pushed Andy out the door, slowed down a little bit. He tucked and rolled. I drove right up there, and I made it. It, it wound up working out. Good. Yeah, but here's here's the bunch of crap. If I knew he was going to tip that schmo 20 bucks, I would have changed that tire for 20 bucks. <laughs> Give the yeah, like, Hold on now. You're, 
<laughs> you're giving that to, you're, if you would have whipped out that 20 before dialing and I said, what's that for? And you said it's the tip for whoever changes the tire. I would have been like, hang up that phone, baby. <laughs> this guy's changing the tire. Whatever. I'll take that 20. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, whatever. That would have paid for half the books I bought that weekend. What's up, Pop Culture Avenger? Anyhow, let's start the show. Yeah. Daryl's not here to listen to us about changing tires and stuff. Oh, I have my share of AAA stories, so we can oh, have a follow-up. So. See? <laughs> see, mine are just battery stuff, and it's all on the driveway. Like, come out, car doesn't start, batteries toast, call AAA, they come out, change it. I've never done a AAA on the side of the road, knock on wood. Well, Dennis, I guess this trip to Savannah, I will, because I just jinxed us. You did. Warned you, I warned you not to do that, warned didn't I? Karma, baby. Karma. Karma's a bitch. Her name is Karma, and she's a bitch. Um, anyhow, so, Daryl, what? one question we like asking everybody, do you remember what the first comic book was you ever bought? Uh, I, I assume it's when you were a kid. Yeah, I uh, see. Before I bought any, you know, I would just, you know, maybe uh, my dad might just get some and just give them to me. But as far as well, well, I mean, that's that that falls into the same category. The first comic book you remember? I should say. I remember um, the. Uh, I think it was a reprint of uh, that had the. Uh, it wasn't the first meeting up of uh, Spider-Man and the Green Goblin, but what's the one with the classic uh, Goblin and Spider-Man is kind of like got one foot on a web and Goblin's kind of doing the Goblin blast on him. Uh, it's been reprinted. I've even seen a painted version of the same cover. That's uh, that's John Romita Sr., right? Right, right. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Okay, um, yeah. I remember that. I don't know the number, but I know, the, I know what you're talking about. I remember that one and... Uh, what was the the Thor reprint book? Not the original, but his reprint book. Was it just uh, not Marvel Triple X? That was Avengers. No, it wasn't superheroes, was it? Marvel superheroes, something was like it that. Marvel. It was something like that. It wasn't Triple Action. It wasn't. Yeah, because they always put Marvel in the title, and then right. blah blah blah, and you'd have the one that reprinted, you know, Hulk and Submariner, and you'd have Triple Action. I think was more Avengers stuff. Man, I, I don't recall, but I know well, what you're talking about. It was something like Marvel superheroes and it was a reprint of the uh the Kirby Thor where uh, he was fighting a uh, man beast on Counter Earth. Oh. Um, that one and uh No, see, the thing is I count when I've gotten that question before and I only count superhero stuff cuz before that, you know, I might have yeah. gotten Archie's or like some Harvey comics, but it's kind of like that was just more. Oh, like, Daryl, yeah. that doesn't count. Those aren't, <laughs> it's like, those aren't comics. That's like saying golf is a sport. Golf, golf is a sport. We all know. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Those do count. You know, you know what I picked up, and I'm going to show everybody on Wednesday. In this counts, I picked up the Kool Aid comic book. I had that as a kid. Kool Aid Man coming through. All right, Daryl, we're just going to have to have a conversation ourselves. I see uh, Dennis is just going <laughs> off the rails. You keep up that Kool-Aid talk. I don't know if I can keep I you in the I am telling screen. you, Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, I remember getting that as a kid for free. It was a giveaway for something. And I had that. I read that so much as a kid. And I, I got rid of a lot of my comics one day. And anyway, lo and behold, 
he had one. I'm like, oh my God, I started having all these memories. So for three bucks, it was the best three bucks I spent to the day. Three bucks? Yeah, that for a free comic a book. That thing could have been in a quarter box and I would have passed it by. <laughs> Hyper Kaiju has it right. You're drinking the Kool-Aid, son. <laughs> and I used to. All the flavors. The little packets you open up, you pour it in. Oh, you got to yeah. put the sugar in. Yeah, that's the real Kool-Aid, not the pre-mixed garbage. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I, you know, he was supposed to be on his best behavior, Daryl. I don't know what happened. I, you didn't give me the meds. It, it shows oh, how comfortable it. we are in, with, the, with the atmosphere, so we can just talk about the fun things that mean we a can. lot near and dear to our hearts. We have well, you know, the only thing worse than a Kool-Aid made comic is, wait, I'm trying to think of this series. Oh, Gene Autry. No, Gene Autry. Gene Autry comics are pretty bad. Stop. Gene Autry comics are probably <laughs> worth big money, I, I would imagine. I mean, no. I, I, oh, I, you I, would think that. Oh, you would not, think that. Really. Especially there's, there's the mission I got him in. <laughs> yeah, West, Westerns a, are going Western Ho. Happy yeah, trails. They're not. They're now. And, and by the way, Daryl, I will say NFL Super Pro. I own that, but I own it because Jose Delbo drew it, and I had Jose as a teacher at the Cubert School. Did you really? So I generally, yeah. So I like okay. buying stuff that teachers I had worked on. Oh, sure. So I've got a few. I've got a few nice Wonder Womans that Jose did back in the day because he had a nice run on Wonder Woman um, and things like that. But I would never have bought NFL Super Pro if I didn't. And this was only like a few years ago. I opened it up and it said Jose Delbo. I'm like, I got to get this. Gotta Jose have, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I used to be a huge Green Lantern fan and I used to have all the Kyle Rayner stuff. So I'm just going to kind of show this to, to everybody out there. I always like to at least bring one comic that our guests have on there because I usually have at least one or two. I used to have a lot more and then I got mad at Green Lantern. But uh, anyway, that was one, and I got it's Bart and Ron and Andy all signed it. So I said, at some point, I'm, I, well, I, I don't know why Bart signed it. Next heroes, and then I'm just I'm just gonna have to have Daryl here sign it so I can complete the book. Dude, hold hold that up to the full screen. I'm gonna full screen you and hold that up. Yeah, he already did sign it. Right across the logo, it says Banks. Oh yeah. Oh, there it is. You <laughs> said Bart. I'm like, Bart wouldn't sign that. He didn't do anything on it. Oh no, you're right. Why does it have it actually had a thing on it saying, I don't know. Well, never mind. Daryl, you signed it. It was probably it could have been at Heroes. I've been I've been doing <laughs> Heroes about six years, so it, it could have been at Heroes. But now I suppose you're wondering why I don't have Green Lantern anymore. So uh. I I have a good size collection of comic books and I used to do both Marvel and DC green lantern. I was so excited when the movie came out. I loved Ryan Reynolds. I had all the Kyle Rayner stuff. I went and saw the Ryan Reynolds green lantern movie. Oh, I walked out of the theater. I walked right into the comic shop and I said, cancel all <laughs> my, uh, movie. Yes, because the movie, I'm done with the comics. I can't do it. I was so upset. I wound up selling pretty much almost giving away all my, my Green Lantern books. So um, that is now, I may have a couple stragglers. This is probably my one and only 
uh, Green Lantern that I have regular ones sitting in there. <laughs> That's how upset the movie made me. Parallax, that movie just kill, killed me and it destroyed me. Now, hindsight, I'm very upset that I did that because I love those books so much. <laughs> and there are times I want to go read them. We you pick up the, the trades. There have been some uh, re-reprints of, of, uh, of some of the collections of uh, some of the Kyle Ura stuff. That's true. In fact, one came out and DC didn't even send it to me. Usually they, they're pretty good with comps, but a uh, trade came out a little while back. I saw it at a con and I'm like, hey, wait a second. That's, that's some of the stuff I inked in it. Why didn't they even send it to me? I, uh, no, that's a great it's, comment. It's like they did a, a Kyle Rayner replica battery and I didn't, I never got oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Now what's funny well, is they sent funny. me a Hal Jordan one for some reason. That one I got, but they, I, to this day, never got the Kyle battery. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Considering wow, you designed that one, mm -hmm. <laughs> you didn't design the How one, right? But you That's designed the Kyle one. Uh, oh. Yeah. So, Daryl, I got a question. So, <laughs> I always like to ask this, and 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 I've learned over the episodes to phrase it better. I always like to ask our guests, "What is your origin story in regards to how did you get into the business? Because a lot of our, some of them may know, but some of them may not know. What is your origin story? How you got into comics? You ever heard of that expression, uh, overnight success? Yeah. Yep. Things click immediately and just, you know, just ev everything lines up and uh, just happens faster than expected. Well, my, my experience was the exact opposite. The exact opposite. <laughs> If there was a long way, a more painful way, that's 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 how I got into comics. I mean, it's it's just funny. Um, I remember I taught for a while, and I even had students getting work. You know, um, I went to college and and uh, got my degree and worked in a shoe department. So, uh, yeah, I, it was one of those things where, uh, wow, painful memory. Um, long story <laughs> short, it, uh, you know, I'm thinking while I'm in school, you know, after I leave here. Cause I always wanted to go to Cuba. Couldn't afford to do that. So right. I just went to school here in Ohio. And I thought, well, when I graduate, you know, I'm thinking about what I'd like to do for Marvel. Cause that was the goal. I mean, DC, yeah, they're all right. But the goal was I'm going to work for Marvel and, uh, didn't happen. So, you know, I, I did the independent scene for half a decade. Hmm. Uh, did you really? But, I never knew that. Oh, what yeah, did you do I, independent wise? Ah, uh, what didn't I do? in stuff you haven't heard of, uh, some things you probably have, um, Mike Gustavich, uh, you ever heard of Justice Machine? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Innovation, was, right? Yes. Well, yeah, Innovation, then it went to Millennium, and uh, I forget where it went after that. But I, I I did some Justice Machine penciling for Millennium and Innovation. But my first published work was this painted, air quotes, painted book called Cyberpunk with Innovation. Uh, it was supposed to be watercolor, but turns out I got the job um, never realizing I'm not that fast, period, much less with watercolor. So it became mixed media till it got done. And it was like, all right, my first book, you know, uh, that was oh, about 89. And uh, most of my independent stuff uh, was more with Millennium than with Innovation. I mean, with Millennium, they had a lot of licensed property stuff that was pretty cool. I got to draw uh, the Wild Wild West, you know, that old TV show. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, 
I used to do uh, Doc Savage Man of Bronze. That was that was a lot of fun. It was it was difficult but fun at the same time. It was, I felt like I was in school, except this time I was, you know, getting paid instead of paying somebody. Um, yeah. That's something I I wouldn't mind doing again if you know if someone got the license and you know something I could fit in. I wouldn't mind drawing Doc again because that was you know his cast of sure. characters were, were a lot of fun. Um, you know, a lot of you know, really just staying employed. I mean, I literally can't think of everything I did in Independence until you know I finally got some work with DC, and that was DC was trying out just a bunch of newcomers on some Legion of Superhero mm -hmm. stuff on their annuals. And they gave me like four pages and I uh, said, Oh, we really like what you do. Would you like to do more? And, I, and I'm thinking, I work in a shoe department. You know, <laughs> Yes. I want to do some more pages. So it kind of snowballed. And, but while I was doing it, I kept saying, you know, I like Legion of superheroes, especially matter eater lab, which is, it was cool. I got to draw him, but my, my goal was, you know, I said, you know, I got a lot of ideas for green lantern. And I figured that would be years down the road. So I, di I didn't know that they were taking notes every time I brought that up. I'm like, mm-hmm. So he does, <laughs> does he? So, uh, but yeah, starting out, you know, my origin story was you know, a long uh, jury process through the independence, you know, showing samples and getting rejected. And do you remember the old days companies used to give you rejection letters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't do that anymore. But yeah, I used to have a, a stack of rejection letters that looked like a phone book. And I, I regret throwing those away because when I taught, I would tell my students there, you know, that, that that's how it happened. And I can kind of tell like, well, did he really? Like, yes. And if they could see it, they go, oh, he, he wasn't kidding. Um, I kept them as, as a way of one of these days, you know, all these no's are going to be a yes. And, you know, it, it took years and years. You know, I mean, my first work with DC was 94, around 93, 94. Okay. So. So that's that's kind of a really short version of my my origin of starting. So you went from so how much so getting back to DC. So you said you did that, some of that Legion stuff. How much stuff, if you remember, did you do before you got the Green Lantern gig? Um, it was an annual, and then uh, there was some filling issues of the of the regular Legion of Superheroes book. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it wasn't the main team that you would probably think of when you think of Legion. You know, I didn't get to draw, you know, Bouncing Boy and Lightning Lad and all that. I oh, remember right. a lot of it was Matter Eater Lad, which I was fine with. I, I, I That was an odd coincidence. I really liked that character. Just a guy who yeah. didn't eat anything and, and suffer no consequences. Never knowing that as I got older, I would wish that was a real power. But I, <laughs> I know, that. right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, kind of side characters that sort of thing and doing some filling issues here and there and uh and then getting a shot at at uh doing some gl stuff and when you got on green lantern did you know right away that they were dumping hal and you were going to be creating kyle with ron or that was a weird transition because when i first my first uh pages were with a different writer by the name of what was it jerry it was char jones wait yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah um, yeah and so, you know, they, I did. I did maybe six pages or so, and they thought, nope, nope, this isn't what we want. This isn't what we want. They, because thanks to the death of Superman, spiking the sales for everything, you know, I guess the suits are like, how can we take books that are really in bad shape and just really, you know, keep, keep the sales up of like mm -hmm. the Superman crossover? So um, it was a thing where they didn't care what we did, and so that's when they brought on Ron, and you know, we just we went nuts. But it's kind of like 
I, once in a while someone would go, oh, we, we hate what you did to Hal. And I'm like, like no, hate the fans for not support. Because, I mean, my editor told me the book was this close to cancellation. Oh, oh wow. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I thought, well, I mean, I, I, I wasn't buying it, but I thought, well, it was, is it that bad? But when the editor tells you we can do anything because the book is in bad shape, I'm like, well, I'm guessing that's true. So um, it's almost like when you think about if Amazing Fantasy had been a big hit, we would have never gotten Spider-Man. But you probably heard Stanley right. tell that story that Martin Goodman right. said, Amazing Fantasy is doing terrible. I don't care what you do. So right. you, you get left alone. You know, so you can yeah. just be creative. Ha, huh. that's cool. Did you, um, how many designs did you go through before you landed on the one of Kyle's costume? Oh, man. Uh, I keep saying, one of these days I'm going to do a sketchbook, and because I still have, you know, those original. Oh, I would hope uh, so, yeah. Sketches, and the, the sad thing, now keep in mind, let, let's, let's, let's paint this picture. This is the, this is the early, mid-90s. This yeah. is the image comics era. And oh, yeah. I mean, Liefeld in his prime, all that was going on at this time. So imagine the rejected you know, ideas for Kyle look like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking he's got to be cool to fit right in that, you know, what's, yeah. what's cool right now. So he didn't, ha I didn't give him pouches or anything, but he had, you know, <laughs> just ridiculous amounts of like, well, okay, now what is that? All right, now, or what's that supposed to be? It was, and then finally my editor, Kevin Dooley, goes, look, look. We want a different design, but we want to keep it simple. And you'll be thankful I made you keep it simple because after 22 pages of this, you'll be you'll thank me. He was right. Oh, yeah. oh of course, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he. I mean, even the, the design we look we, we went with still has a kind of a 90s feel to it. But the rejected stuff was it just screamed 90s. <laughs> really? Oh my yeah. God! I would love to see that. Oh yeah, I, I love the design that you know. The, the design that you got you came up with I thought it was great you know I it's still one of my favorite designs for Kyle thanks so. it was it was that was a result of them going through all these bad designs and picking out the thing that they thought worked um, mm -hmm. the mask from one the the boots and gauntlets from another the symbol from another and they said all right take this 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 from this and then put it together and get what we have. Oh. Um, one of the last changes we did is at one point he also had the symbol on his back, and then Kevin, you know, editor was like, "No, nah, we don't need that. Just you know, keep it simple." Keep yeah, it simple. that's that's a good call. I think. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine. Was it just was it the symbol with the circle and everything on his back, or was it just the the lantern itself on his back? Do you remember? No, it was it was his symbol. Which which is funny is that they wanted a really radically different design. But the one thing we kind of butted heads on is they wanted to keep the old symbol. And I thought, we've, we've gone this far. Let's give them a new symbol. Right. Uh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, here's here's the symbol I want to use. And I actually had to, this is funny, on more than one occasion, I had to do a written, almost like a, a school report. Here's why I think we should go with fill in the blank. Like with the, with, right. the, with the symbol, the reason it's split like that, since Kyle doesn't say the oath when he charges the ring, I want to imply the in brightest day and blackest night in the symbol. And they're like, oh. oh, okay, all right, now we like it. Now it's funny, I see it <laughs> everywhere, T-shirts and toys and everything else, but they didn't like it at first. Um, oh, wow. Same thing with Parallax. You know, Hal was going to be called the protector. And to the point, right. I almost thought I was annoying them because I said, we can't call him that. No, no, that's not open for discussion. We own that name because protector was a, an old Teen Titans character they weren't doing anything with. So we already own the name to it. 
Hal Jordan's going to be the protector. I'm thinking, have you read the script? What's he protecting? And, right. and Cousins, he's a bad guy. Well, I mean, it was like, how was he protecting? And so I thought Parallax, you know, that deals with point of view. That's kind of how how I kind of broke it down. But once again, I had to write it out. They had to, you know, whoever they are had to look it over and go, okay, all right, we'll we'll go with we'll go with uh, with the whole Parallax thing. That's funny. Then they did the movie, and then of course, what was the creature's name? Parallax. You know? <laughs> right. This guy from Ohio came up with that name, so. <laughs> Oh man, I never knew that. Well, the protector yeah. just sounds dumb because it sounds like he's a hero, and he wasn't—he went crazy basically. He wasn't a hero. Why would you call him the protector? Hal wasn't necessarily a villain. Have you ever seen that uh, that movie Falling Down? Yeah, mm -hmm. Michael Douglas. Yeah, right. I always thought Parallax was was falling down. It was more like he wanted the Guardians to 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 help him resurrect Coast City because he lost all his brothers and family and all that. And all the things he's done for them for decades, but it was one of those things where all he asked was was you know something for himself, and he got turned down, and it was too much. You know, it's not so much that uh, what was Michael Douglas' character defense. I don't even think we even said his name. It was his license plate just yeah, defense. So. He worked for the yeah. Department of Defense. Yeah, it's like defense just had a bad day, and it was just pushed too far. You know. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing is, people would say, "Oh, Ron Mars, he just hates Hal Jordan." Like. No, we like Hal Jordan. That's why we made him at the time the, one of the most powerful characters in the DC universe. Um, right. So, you know, and the idea was that we were going to bring it all full circle. We we're going to restart the core, all that, because, you know, I, I like the the example Ron had used. It's like uh, renting a car. You know, you can drive anywhere you want, but you've got to give it back. So, the idea was going to bring it back full circle, and that would be that, and we'd all, you know, fade into the background. But then something strange happened. Everybody really liked Parallax and what we were dealing with Hal. Because remember, no one cared about Hal Jordan. That's why the book was right. about to get canned. Right. But, you know, here comes, you know, uh, Parallax with the armor and all that. And as a matter of fact, I, initially he didn't have a cape. And because his role was going to expand, they were like, yeah, w w he needs a cape. And I'm thinking, for what? Well, we're about to do this thing zero hour, and he, he's good. <laughs> we need him to look more imposing. I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought Zero Hour was going to be that villain extant or something. Matter of fact, they didn't tell me about that until the book was out. A friend of mine came over my house and was like, oh, so what do you think about Zero Hour and the villain? I'm like, yeah, extant, kind of interesting villain, I guess. Well designed, I suppose. I said, no, no, his boss. I'm like, he has a boss? Yeah. They didn't tell you? I'm like, no. So he hands me the book. Look, it's Parallax. I'm like, was that the idea all along? Yeah, but once again, uh. he really caught on. So... There you, there you go. <laughs> right. And you got to design him as well. Did you go through a lot of designs for Parallax? No. Him, I, I no. knew about exactly what I wanted to do with him. The only uh, change that we really made with, with his design was that he had the symbol in the middle. And they're like, no, get rid right. of the symbol. And I'm like, well, there's a big circle there. What do I do? Like, I don't know. Just make it solid black or something. But he can't have the symbol. It wouldn't make sense. I'm like, okay, fine. So, But, yeah, with, with him, it was pretty straightforward. I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do with him. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And you were you were on Green Lantern for? Do you remember how many issues you were on it for? Oh, off and on. I mean, I had a lot of fill-ins, um, but off and on over like an eight-year period, close to it. Yeah, I had a lot of fill-ins with Paul Pelletier and Jeff Johnson, and yeah, you know, a, a lot of good guys. That makes me wonder. I'm like, I, I got to get better because 
these fill-ins are <laughs> as good as or better than mine. So I'm like, yeah, you gotta you gotta have to dial it up. So uh, so yeah, that was that was a long run. As a matter of fact, in some ways, it was too long because thinking back, you know, I wonder if I had left, maybe even when Ron left, I probably would have done more things for DC. But you know, uh, after you know after it all ended, it was like my work with DC got so sparse till it, it dwindled to nothing. So. Oh. Right. Well, I'm curious. You said that, you know, your goal was ultimately, you know, I want to work for Marvel. Marvel's where I want to be. So that tells me your probably favorite characters were at Marvel. So who are they? Who are your favorite characters? Who characters? Who is it that you really did want to draw if if given the opportunity of any dream job? I uh, I got into com the comic industry itself to draw the Avengers. Oh, I mean that was that was why I did it. I mean I grew up on the the Roy Thomas Steel, Steve Englehart uh, Avengers. You know, I mean to me right. the Avengers. Of course, now it's so so long ago. I, if I if I did it, it'd have to be a flashback or something. But you know, I loved Mantis, Vision, Swordsman. You know, mm -hmm. of course the big three: Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. Oh, yeah. You know, around that time. You know, that was it's almost like to me they were like the Justice League analog. You know, you had Thor and like the Superman. Yet, you know, of course, yep. in some ways, Cap as well. But to me, that's what I wanted to draw. And at one point, when I was doing uh, JLA fill-ins, I actually heard from Marvel. They wanted me to do a fill-in, but they needed it relatively quick. And you know, I was doing regular fill-ins on JLA, and I thought I can do this one, you know, Avengers fill-in and jeopardize my regular work, or right. not. And something said. Uh, got a family. Let me stick with JLA. I thought, well, you know, if, if there's a gap, I'll swing back and maybe do something later. Well, later never came. I mean, I even yeah. I even friended uh, Tom Brevoort on social media. Nothing came of that. So it was kind of like that was my it seemed like that was my one shot. And like, oh well. Uh, so you've never done anything for Marvel? Well, I did Greenland and Silver Surfer, which was a crossover. I mean, oh, right. that was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was more like a, a DC project with Marvel looking in on it. Right. But I mean, the checks right. were DC. And then I did right. with Dan Jurgens. I did a Captain America story in a in an annual back in oh maybe two thousand. Uh, with it was oh. a flashback World War Two story with the Invaders, which was great because oh, cool. I mean I got to draw Namor, which is a, a childhood favorite of mine for the longest. So yeah, that. Sure. Um, that was about it. Yeah, I'd say the Green Lantern Silver Surfer, the Cap story. Oh, uh, there was uh, <laughs> when I, I was in uh, New York. Uh, actually, it was a show I think in Boston, and I, I went to Marvel offices, and it was so chaotic. And like, can you do four pages in an X Men for us? I'm like, yeah, sure. What, what, what's going on? Like, oh, you know, this book is super light here. You know, here's the script. And so it was like maybe four pages in a I don't X Men two fifty two I think it had it felt like it had a hundred pencilers on it you know right. but I mean I was really just there just I wanted to see what the office looked like and I remember the editor Jason Liebig he had said have oh, you yeah. been to D C yet I'm like yeah that's where I spent most of the time while I was here in New York he said yeah there's a big difference D C's offices look like a theme park Marvel's office at least at that time just looked like any other business office you would imagine yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. But except had some posters and a, and a cool uh, Spider-Man themed meeting room where they had this etch webbing on the glass. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, I think DC kind of had them beat out as far as uh, the wow factor of what it looked like. You know. 
Oh, there you go. Well, you worked on Dennis's favorite book, X-Men, so it might not have been much. Well, that's, that's why I was trying to think. I'm like, definitely I, has it. I didn't know you were you were uh, ever ever worked on one because X-Men is my favorite. And I was like, I, I was like, nah, I don't think Daryl now I didn't actually go through your profile to see if you had done an issue, but that was the Reavers issue. So it was, I think. I think even the cover said, you know, with more pencilers than you can shake a stick at or something like that. I mean, it was, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, even they admitted on the cover. I think the cover was by Cully Hamner. Uh, if I remember oh, you know what? I think I remember that, that um, issue. That's what I was thinking. I thought you did something X-Men, but not a lot and stuff. No, I, do you like remember who ate pages. that? Who remember who ate it? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, he did. Whoever it was, did a great job. I mean, under under the pressure. I just remember it, all I got to draw was Scott Summers and Jean Grey were on an airplane that got hijacked by AIM, and then I had a, a page with uh, the X Mansion had been destroyed, and Logan and Archangel were, uh, and there was a female character. She has like these protrusions sticking out of her face, marrow or bone marrow yeah. Um, and she was on a page and, but it was you know but that was it <laughs> oh. that was my x-men experience yeah. huh. oh man you know it's funny because how you said you know you you wish you maybe left green lantern a little earlier than you know doing it for eight years and it's funny because i've never been on a book for more than i think 10 issues 10 or 11 issues tops Mm -hmm. And a part of me was always like, man, I would love to have had one of those runs that was like eight to 10 years on a book because, you know, that just goes down. That's just, it's not even unheard of. That's unheard of. Even back then, I think that was unheard of for somebody to stay on a book that long. I you think know? about how long, how long was Chris Sprouse doing Tom Strong? That felt like that was 20 years. I mean, that was that's got yeah but that wasn't that wasn't like a monthly i don't recall that being so monthly as it being more like story arcs and stuff i don't know i don't think it was eight years because even with the felons let's say you only did eight issues a year that's still 64 issues on one title i mean that's a hell of a run you know on one book that's a nice chunk just to say i did this much it comes in handy when you know when when they do trades I remember uh, Dan yeah. once said, you know, when I was, you know, like I said, struggling with, with you know, keeping up with things. And Dan said, you, you got to get faster so that when they do the trades and they're cutting the checks, your percentage is bigger when you've got more pages in it. I'm like, I, I know that, but that was as fast as I could go. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I it was one of those things where back then it was also struggling for identity. What 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 I want my style to look like? You know, nowadays, right. like, you know, I, I don't. I'm not saying I don't care, but it's more like I draw how I draw. You know, if, if it's not right. the, the hot style, so be it. You know, uh, my clients are happy with it. I'm happy with it. And I, I go on to other things. You know, but back then, you know, keep in mind, this was the 90s. So you had, you yeah. know, the popular artists getting the attention from the wizard top oh, 10. Yeah. I thought one day I'll be in the wizard top 10. Yeah, it never happened. So, <laughs> but, yeah, me neither. No, man, I agree with you because I, you know, I started it. I only started like three years before you in comics and you know you go through those you're a young artist going through those growing pains trying to identify yourself looking at you know big name guys and i guess i guess if anything i wish if i went back 
I'd probably tell myself, you know, just just go with your gut and do what you want to do that makes you happy. That's Which, it. like you said, you're doing that now, and I am too. You know, drawing wise, it's like this is what I'm doing. If you don't like it, you know, like, whatever. This because is it. what's popular <laughs> changes anyway. You know, so it might as well draw what's what's going to work for you that that you can generate. You know, from within. You know, I mean, right. I think about I. I when I was first trying to break in, I think about the, all the artists I used to follow around and, and show my portfolio to. And w one of them I used to talk to a lot is Brian Stelfreeze. And I asked oh, yeah. Brian, I said, you know, I really want to develop a style. You know, how can you, you know, how can I develop a style? He said, you have one already. It was, it was right. such a Yoda moment. I said, what do you mean? No, I don't. He said, have you ever taken figure drawing classes? I said, yeah. When I was in college, that's all we did. He said, well, if you notice, you're all working from the same model but none of the drawings look the same. I'm like, well, true is it that style. It's just how you see the world. I'm like, ah, oh, so that worked. Wow. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a hundred percent true. You know, it's totally true. Um, what did you, so when you went to college, did you go for art or what did you go? Cause you said you have a degree. So what's your degree in? Is I have it a, a, it's a, well, it's in advertising really in commercial art, oh, okay. not in comics. Yeah. Cause you know, my school, right. uh, and probably to this day, they they probably really don't recognize comics as an art form. I don't know why not. I mean, well, I mean, s superheroes mainly. I mean, I could probably say, hey, you know, certainly you would respect like Prince Valiant or something like that. They probably, yeah, but, oh, yeah. you know, if I mentioned Captain America, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, like, you know, <laughs> forget it. So it's almost like I went to school and then after I graduated, then I learned comics. I mean, I, I'm getting... Uh, books on cinematography and how to, I mean, I had how to draw comics to Marvel way when it was brand new, but I didn't, I didn't, a lot of that stuff as a kid, I didn't really have a point of reference right. as far as like applied perspective and that sort of thing. So a lot of it, really, most of the skills I use now is what I learned after I graduated, you know? Right. Um, right. Huh. I mean, so not, like, not I... to come down on my school or anything, but it's like, yeah, I mean, they did what they did what they could do in in the, sure. the the classes that they had but you know my goal of course like i said i really wanted to go to cubert because you know you get both the comics and the commercial side of it but couldn't afford to do that so <laughs> i had to make the most i don't know man did you look into how much cubert cost back then because you're a little older than me and i can tell you what it cost when i went because i still remember how much it cost when i went i just can't imagine it being that much more than where you went to school well, I'd also have to move to New York, you know, and so living in well, Jersey. <laughs> yeah, you, you would have had to move to Jersey and yeah. the first year of the school, you probably could have got school housing, which you still have to pay for mm -hmm. on top of, you know, tuition. But yeah, I mean, you did, you would have had that added expense of rent, basically, yeah. compared to not, you know, because when I went to the Kubert school, and anybody watching this that knows what it costs now, they're going to be like, it was that cheap. When I went to the Hubert School in '88, tuition was like eight grand, I think. A year? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, with housing, with school housing, it racked up for the first year because with the school housing, you just paid for it all at once. So for the first year was probably like I think school housing was around twenty five hundred three grand. So maybe it was like eleven grand total. Mm -hmm. And then after that, second and third year. The price didn't really change when I was going there. So it was still probably around eight grand a year. But then I had to pay, you know, monthly rent to wherever I was living. But yeah, it wasn't that bad. That's why 
you know, when, when people say it's expensive and they went to just like, like I've talked to other people that have been like, it was expensive. So I didn't even go to school, which is like, well, yeah, it compared to cost versus no cost, it's expensive. But when I hear expensive and then, but I went to college, I'm like, your school couldn't have been that much less. You just saved money on rent basically. Well, that, so. and uh, I got scholarships to the school I went to. So, you know, that, oh, oh, yeah. oh, that helps. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That totally helps. They didn't have those, like they have scholarships now for the Kierberg school, but they didn't have them back then. Oh, okay. so, yeah. yeah. The one that kind of piqued my interest in your resume was I was a big cyber. I'm a role player. So I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, Star Frontiers, all that stuff. Cyberpunk was was one of them. And I, I kind of remember going, oh, there's comic books. So I remember looking at the comic books. I owned them at one time. And and then you said painted because those were painted versus drawn, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember them because I'm like, oh, my God, I know I had those. Yeah, I had no idea you had done that. That was... Like I said, I don't own them anymore. Again, if I find them at a convention, they I've been kind of picking up a lot of my old Dungeons and Dragons uh, comics again, the Forgotten Realms, the cyberpunk stuff. So it's kind of funny. I didn't know you did that. Well, you know, and you I, did the color I, stuff too on that. Is that the, what you said? The you did the color by, uh, stuff. Ken well? Stacy or Stacy. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, but the interiors. Yeah, no, was, but you you colored the interior work as well. Yeah, it was mixed media. It was wow. Initially, it was supposed to be watercolor, but, you know, <laughs> that right. didn't work out too well. So it was, I mean, it had some color pencil. It had probably not much marker, but, you know, I remember, I remember a lot of color pencil with uh, with a little acrylic here. It was like whatever, whatever was going to work and get it done, you know. Huh. Uh, oh, also, wow. at the same time, I was learning, I, I realized when I went to school, they didn't really, we didn't do a lot of uh, figures in perspective environments. So, you know, with comics, that's, I mean, Andy, you know, that's, that's all it is. So I'm learning that as I'm doing these pages. So, you know, I was looking at some of the pages not too long ago thinking, wow, um, see the eye level should be here. What, what is that? (laughs) It was like, oh, it was hard. I, I, I had to stop. Like, yeah, if I had a time machine, I, I, just some easy picture. Oh man. So did you sell a lot of your original art from like, you know, your time in comics or did you hold on to it? Well, my old stuff, a lot of that stuff I still have was who would want to buy that? <laughs> right. But I mean, the um, D, I mean, DC stuff. Oh, yeah. DC. Yeah. I, matter of fact, I, I sold too much of it. Um, having a oh, conversation really? with Terry Austin about uh, hanging on to original artwork because, you know, his, his catchphrase is original artwork's a limited commodity. When it's gone, it's gone. I mean, I think about the cover I'm most known for, Green Lantern 49. I remember I sold it as soon as I got it back from Art Return for 200 bucks. Oh, oh wow. I was at a show, I, I want to say, where was I? Uh, Rhode Island, I think. A guy goes, a collector goes, do you have that cover? You know, I got 15 grand if you got that cover. I'm like, 15 Are you 15 kidding grand. me? I sold it for grand? Yeah. So, uh, wow. Of course, God. you know, for me, that's a lot of money. But I mean, I think about uh, Terry's got covers that I, I I just didn't assume he still hung you know hung on to. At one point, I would bring up a cover and say, "Do you have that?" And he'd say, "Yes." I remember I had to sit down. I'm like, "You have that?" It's like, wow. If you ever say, you know, 
been thinking about that new Corvette. Here, here's this X Men cover. You know, I'll trade you. Oh man! Wow. Or I was on wow. eBay the other day. It was a Jim Lee had drawn a Red Hood uh, ink sketch. I think it went for. I, I mean, this was, you know, probably maybe a color cover. I think eighteen thousand or something like that. I'm like, wow. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just, yeah. I mean, you know, you got those guys like him and and uh, Adam Hughes and Kevin Nolan and J. Scott Campbell. They can just print money by drawing something and throwing it up there. <laughs> They can. Sucks, I mean, it? It, it does. They honestly can. Did you keep the stuff? Did you keep any of the? Because Kevin Nolan inked you a few times. Did you keep any of the, any of those or no? Oh yeah, my I god! I, I just I want to smack you for that. I, I've never is, had Kevin, Kevin ink me. Kevin is is like what I, I think the first time I met him. I it's like I couldn't believe I was seeing him in person because I've. You know, I've been following his work since I first saw it. I think when I was still in school doing those Defenders covers, yeah. I think the first time I saw it. And yeah, um, yeah. I think the first time I met him was probably at Heroes. Uh, I remember we yeah. did we did a show, a small show in Cleveland. I, I mean, we're talking about small show. I, matter of fact, I don't I don't know how they could afford it, but uh, he was doing headshots. You know, maybe uh, oh, six by eight headshots. And not really quick sharpies. I mean, fully rendered stuff. Yeah. For like, oh, it was crazy. Like eighty bucks. And I went over him and I told him, I said, "You, you can't do that. I said, That's what I charge. You're Kevin Nolan. You got to add a, add a, a yeah. one, one zero to that." <laughs> and he said to me, he said, "Well, that's all I want for it." And that reminds me of that's what Paul Pelletier. What I should tell Paul the same thing. He'd have original pages splashes for like you know a couple hundred. I'm like, I can't let oh, you yeah. sell this for these prices. He goes, "That's all I want." I'm like. Wow, but so anyway, with Kevin, he was he was doing his headshots before putting up a sign how much he was charging, and so when he did, his line went from a few people to I mean it was out the door like there how much I'm like if I had more time <laughs> I would have been in that line myself. It's like you know <laughs> I know uh, I mean even his his quick sketches aren't you know they're not like sharpies I mean he's putting some you know oh, no, nice. not, yeah. not, not a whole lot of time but it's just they're finished drawings i even hate to call them sketches you know so uh but yeah i mean as a matter of fact i'm you know the way i do shadow structure i'm very influenced by his work i still am yeah you know? huh yeah huh. so what what are you working on now are you working on any special projects or anything special right now but my, my thing is is always you know if i'm if i'm doing nothing it's that's doomsday it's like at one point work had dried up to nearly zero at one point i thought never again so i'll have to actually take a moment and think of everything i'm doing right now and that's on top oh. of stuff like commissions that sort of thing but uh recently i did a uh, a cover for uh, icon number one i don't know if you can oh yeah hold on no, I want to screen it. It. yeah give me a second here you already got comps huh it oh cool today. it came today did you ink that yourself i take it yeah this is a, uh the color was done by hi-fi studios but the black and white i did all digital i really the lion's share of my work is is all digital now oh uh, but except, why do you, you know, do that you don't have it you don't have any originals not that and because i was gonna i i knew you did mostly digital stuff now but it just tears at me because even though my advice would have been dude you got to keep that covered because it's gorgeous 
it's still just not the same because it's just on a file in your computer, you know? Well, you know, I, I thought in terms of I'm faster and more efficient with digital. And at yeah. the time, it was more like, you know, I, I, I still have a long commission list. So I'm still doing original, you know, traditional yeah. techniques, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, but with that, you know, I, I thought about it. I'm like, do I want to do, you know, original? And even if I did, I, I wasn't going to sell it anyway. So I thought. Let me do it yeah. and, and for expedience sake, get it done, taken care of. Just like, you know, uh, Harkins Raiders, same thing. Um, yeah. Although yeah. the first few pages were traditional and the backgrounds were digital because I think when I started it, I just had a an old Wacom tablet that I bought in the 90s or something like that. And then during the course of the project, I bought a, you know, a, a big Cintiq and then I did it completely yeah. 100% digital. And so, uh, so yeah, it's just... It just works out better, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Now, if if I were to get a, the chance to do maybe something Green Lantern related with a cover involved, that most likely I would I would do traditional. So I would just know I I, I have a, a cover. I don't I don't think I don't know if I have any Green Lantern covers at all. And I you know Are you was like I warned you. Wow, <laughs> oh, that kills me. You did so. That's like one of the because I stopped selling my stuff in the late nineties. So unless an anchor, you know, it, unless I work with an anchor and they get their cut and sell it, I pretty much have, you know, since the late nineties, when I stopped selling it, I pretty much have 95% See? of it, except for something here or there that I, I might've let go of, mm -hmm. but generally I, I still have everything. And even the few anchors I've worked with since then, I have not seen, they must keep it too, because I haven't seen any of it on the market. You know, because I keep my eye out just for the hell of it. Because, I, well, I tell the guys, too, I'm like, look, if you ever sell the stuff, contact me first. Right. You know, and if I if I can buy it from you, I will. But at the same time, I tell them, you know, I don't I, I'm not going to be able to pay what you might be able to sell for what you want to try and get. But if you don't care about that and you just want to sell it, you know, cut me some type of deal because I drew the stuff. Sweet. But, yeah, they're like Earth 2 was the last thing I did at DC. I did six issues of that. Well, here or there, because the book was so late. Every issue had somebody doing a couple of pages in it besides me. But um, is it Trevor Scott? I think it's Trevor Scott who inked it. I haven't seen any of that stuff for sale. Okay. So, huh. but yeah, I keep all my stuff. And that, yeah. that's, that goes back to me saying, man, if I had a run on something for like six or seven years, I have at least all the covers because I would have said, well, I want to ink the covers and then I'd have them all. So, man. We, we live so. and we learn. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, well, I make a joke when people are like, what are you going to do? What, what's the point in keeping it? Like what happens after you, you know, you're, you're pushing up daisies. And I'm like, for all I care, my wife could be like, let's have a bonfire. I don't care. I'm not here. <laughs> yep. You know, she's like time to have that bonfire. Okay. Or she's like, I'm going to collect. It. I mean, in all honesty, I'm going to uh, tell her, you know, contact these couple art dealers if you want, or I prefer you just hold on to the stuff and then, you know, give it to Courtney, our daughter, and she can figure it out, whatever. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't know. I just don't want to sell the stuff. <laughs> like, well, you know, like, like, you'll, you'll look back and you won't regret that you got rid of stuff, you know, 
um, not so much just for the money, but just so you can see your work, see a progression or growth or, or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's like commissions. I'm like you with commissions. People are like, what about you do commissions? You sell that stuff. And I go, yeah, but that's different because I know going into it, the person is paying me for their original art. Where with comic book stuff, I already got paid. Mm -hmm. So I, I never looked at art as extra income because I already got paid right. and the art's mine. That's To me, it's like a bonus. It's like, and I get my art, yay. And the royalty. And, yeah, and royalties, whereas a commission is like, well, that's the point. They're paying me so they can have their original. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as attached because I know I'm not keeping it in the first place. Right, right. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is it was never printed. Like, there's just something, yeah, I don't know if magical is the right word, but to <laughs> me, there's still something kind of magical that the stuff I do for comics is in print, basically, you know, worldwide. And I'm the guy that owns that page, you know, that art. Whereas if you, you know, if I do a commission for somebody, it's still a one and done, but it's, it's never going to see print. Right. It's just that person that owns it. So I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to do? So you're teaching now again, right? Is that correct? If I remember right. Are you teaching? No, no, that, was, that was something I was doing back when I, oh, I thought started you on Green Lantern. Now, um, I thought you I, were still I'm teaching. A, I'm in stories. contact with, well, you know, Yuko Smith, right? Yeah, we went to high school together. Right. Yeah. Um, he's teaching at yeah. the school, although I'm trying to get him to quit because, man, you talk about Rodney Dangerfield can't get no respect. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when I was there, you know, I was able to, to give a lot of input on what I thought, you know, should happen in the class or whatever, but he doesn't seem to be getting that same level. So uh, I'm like, yeah, I mean, see, the thing is with me, I just kind of fell into teaching. But when I first met Yuko, that was one of the first things I learned about is that he really wants to teach. So, um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, I never do uh, that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I did it, I'd say 90, 95 to 2000 or around around there. Um, Man, how was, did you juggle that and drawing green land? <laughs> well, I mean, I only taught like maybe two classes a week oh, and, and I okay. did, I did it for five years. And that was, you know, that felt like, you know, every, everyone that came on the class that I, cause I, I created a comic class for the school. And when right. I left, I handed off to, you know, to, you know, former students or what have you. And everyone who followed me did it twice as long or more than I did. I don't know how, uh, <laughs> I think Yuko has been there 16 years. I mean, five felt like. Has he really? Years. Yeah. Wow. Um, but with, uh, I remember it was about 98 uh, when I got married. I thought, I don't think I want to keep teaching because, you know, working on the book, having a, you know, a new family and teaching. I thought one of these three has to go and it ain't going to be my wife and it ain't going to be DC. So you know, <laughs> my teaching. So that's that end of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't. I didn't know that you were doing double duty like that at the time. And I had no idea. He, Ugo, Ugo went there, right? He, he went sure to school did. there, right? Sure did. Yeah, yeah. What, the one benefit of working at DC while I was teaching was it was kind of a, ha, I told you comics were going to pick. Like I said, they it, it just wasn't considered art. You know, just not so, it was, just, you know, like, oh, comic books, you know. Um, so have and, and they approached me to teach them it's not something that you know i came to oh, them for cool. so it was sort of like a 
it's like, see, I told you this would be worth it. You know, now the instructor that approached me, he was one of the few that he always believed that comics was a, it was an art form. And so he was probably the one they said, okay, you go ask him since you were, you know, one that was always in his corner for that stuff. So, uh, and then my students, you know, they got to see, yeah, I would bring in pages, you know, things I was working on so that when I would tell them things they need to work on, I'd be able to say, see, you need to learn this particular skill because see, this is how you would apply it. And that really helped, especially with, with, you know, like I said, composition with figures in an environment and perspective, which the school didn't have a lot of classes, you know, regarding. So being sure. able to bring in my comic stuff, they could see how all the all that ranting and raving I did about why you need to know perspective. They could see, okay, no, this is why he keeps saying that, you know, <laughs> by by actually showing them that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really cool, man. Um, do you have a website or anything you want to push or no? I can't remember. I don't remember. I'm on Instagram, uh, GL okay. Prime, and Twitter, at Real Bankster. Um, all right, cool. Cool. I, I have That'd a comic art fans gallery, but I, I haven't updated it in so long. I, I, I'm assuming it, I'm assuming it's still there, but you can find <laughs> the, the lion's share of my work on, on my Instagram and my Twitter. Okay. Sounds good. Well, you know, we appreciate your time and stuff and uh, it was great, man, catching up since there hasn't been any cons to talk to you at and stuff. So next year for heroes con for sure yeah hope and, to see it uh, both of you at heroes now. oh yeah I, i'm really looking oh, yeah. like, like i said i can't really undersell it i really love doing that show i mean it's just from top to bottom the atmosphere the the fans the the, the pros it's it's just so well put together yep oh yep. yeah he runs a great a real tight ship it's a great convention every single year yep well cool man well uh there you go guys thanks everyone for joining us tonight as we had a fun chat with Mr. Daryl Banks. Um, It was great. Great catching up. Guys, we will be back on Wednesday. Wednesday, we are going to talk Loki uh, season finale. We're going to talk the Netflix trilogy. It's fat. Yep. Wait, wait. Yeah, Daryl, if you like if you like horror movies and if you have Netflix, I would highly recommend the Fear Street trilogy. It starts with 1994. Part two is 1978, and part three is 1866. 1666. I'm sorry, 1666. Okay. I always it's 1666. It's a great trilogy if you like horror movies and stuff. Um, I definitely recommend it. So we're going to talk about that. Of course, we're going to talk about new comics. Uh, Dennis and I are both going to show what we got at the convention over the weekend as well. Yeah, we got stashes of comics. We got stashes to show on Wednesday. So, uh, so guys, join us Wednesday, and we will see everybody later. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Take care, everybody. <laughs>